Friday morning. I love this. The, the synchrony there is great. Good Friday morning, everybody. We're back. It's the dose. Dose. Good morning. Dose. Good morning, all. We are packed in the house again today. Back for series three. Round two, though, overall being in the dose studios. This is Mark Cutchins, Jeremy Clevett, Byron Filson, and Kevin Craig, S4 Group. Welcome back. Thanks Thank for you. spending Thank the you. time Thank with you. us. We know it's valuable, um, but we want to give back. We all do. I think that's why we're all in the room and that, love that's hearing. Why we like you guys. <laughs> we, well, that's why we love you. Uh, love hearing the last couple of days, um, sharing your knowledge on, on again, not just building a business, building relationships, building referral based business. That's your strong suit. That's what should any agent strong suit be. Whether you know they do the channel accounts and do the things you're talking about. But either way, listening to Kevin Craig guys take notes. This is what they've done. This is what they perfect. If you don't do it, you're silly. So and you don't, this have, you don't have to pay for anything. Yes. No, and you know, no, yeah. no money needs Did to change hands. charge you for anything here? No. Are, no. We, are we charging you guys to listen to this show? No. Guys, this is all free content. You can go back and listen to it all, too. If this you is brought to you by <laughs> VIP Mortgage, making VIP. you the VIP in the mortgage transaction. Yes! You like that how I did that nice. segue? Yeah. I did that segue. That was good. I wanted good. it to flow this time a little bit more. There's some flow <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> it does. Bit. Well, not that you don't flow. You know what I'm saying. But so, this transcends too. I mean, Kevin, you know, across all industries. Absolutely. Right. I mean, this isn't specific to real estate. By not at any all. I've had people come to the classes all. that don't have anything to do with real estate that still right. want to understand how to develop relationships right. for their business. Yep. So we were talking, Ty. I mean, talk, talk story. story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking. So talking story. I like. I like. You were explaining off air a little bit. About what that is, and it, it it's more for uh, you said in, in the it's, islands. It's common in the, in the Pacific okay. Islands, and I'm, and specifically, I learned about it uh, doing business in, in Hawaii on the island of Maui. We were doing real estate there for quite a while, and uh, when I was over there working with business professionals or planning to go over there the first time, first time out of the shoots to work with business professionals, one of the contacts over there said to me, "Now you you understand the custom of talking story?" And I said, "I don't even know what you're talking about." So I, I got a crash course real quick on talking story and learned that anywhere in the Pacific Islands with, with the, uh, the islanders, not the mainlanders like us, but the islanders. Uh, when you're doing business with somebody for the first time, you're expected to be able to talk story, even with real estate agents over there. And uh, there are even story coaches over there that will help someone develop their story so that when they talk story, it comes across with the right elements in it and, they, and it's done correctly. So let's go back quick to where I was it, saying. We were talking, you said scripts and dialogues and you said that's what talking story is. So that's kind of where yeah. we're guys with that. So explain then talking okay, story. So talking story means when you sit down for a business interview, conversation or whatever in the Pacific Islands, they want to know what you're about, what you stand for, something that shows some credibility that you know what you're talking about or that, that you've got something behind you and this isn't just some wild idea and mainly making them comfortable with you. I mean, over here on the mainland, we call it small talk or chit chat or whatever, but right. we don't really think about it as being something important. It's just like, right. yeah, a couple of, hey, how you doing? A little bit of chit chat and we jump right into business. But it is, yeah. If you go over there and you introduce the business topic before you're invited to introduce the business topic, you're done. Uh, you're basically escorted out. You lose, you lost You lost the deal. Oh, you, you basically talk story until they are 
Ready. They're satisfied that you're the person that they want to deal with. And then you are invited to enter into the business conversation. So you don't dare do that. Before and then is that have, in like every Islanders household there? That's just a custom. It is, a, it is an Island custom. I like that. Though. And when we go over there as tourists, we're oblivious to all this because we're not dealing, we're not doing business stuff. But when I went over there as a business person to do business, I had to learn to talk story and even had people offer to be my story coach. I'm like, I, I don't think I'm going to be doing enough where I need to really get into it that much. I like, but, I like the the concept of it though, and the practice. Well, and of that's this. what I teach in my classes that right. we really do need to do this. We, and yes. we need to think it out. It yes. needs to be thought through so that you are coming up with something that tells a little bit right. about you and your background. Why are you passionate about working with the the group that you are? I I could talk story with any of the groups. I, I could give you examples of my story. What I what I talk about. One of my best ones is was uh, regarding my my parents. Um, my parents had a winter home here in in South Chandler. They lived in Northern California, but they still needed a winter home here. And uh, <laughs> they were down here two years ago. Uh, my mother had just made it through two bouts of of cancer, two different types of cancer. And my father was her caretaker, more or less. And uh, my father, if he could have written his exit plan, it would have been go out on the golf course and go that way. And that's what happened. He basically died on the golf course. And wow. uh, immediately my mom went into to panic mode and wanted to go back home, needed somebody to move furniture from the Chandler home to the Northern California home, needed other things liquidated, need a lot of stuff just junk, just thrown away, the house to gone through, need repairs made on the home, get the house ready to go on the market and right. sell the house. Fortunately, I'm in that industry and I'm able to do it, but it still was basically a month and a half right. full-time job taking care of all that. And I thought, well, gosh, that plays out over and over and over every day every in day this area week. with all the seniors we have here. Yep. Who who really takes care of all those needs? And found out that there wasn't somebody that really took care of a lot of that stuff. Now, what I just did, I just talked story. I just told you guys my story, why I'm passionate about working with the senior living industry. And that's typically the story that I use because it's true when I meet with somebody in senior living and I'm wanting to be able to work with them through professional referrals. Um, and I've got a story for each one of those things. And each one of my agents has a story for what they do. Sometimes I just have to help pull it out of them. And it all comes together. Like what you're talking about yesterday, kind of leading that conversation. It's also, you know, we maybe refer to that as rapport building, right? But you bring a little bit more structure to it. You're mm -hmm. leading the charge. You know, you're kind of going down that path. You're telling your story. I'm telling my story. And, I, and I'm pulling them in and them hearing my story is helping to develop that relationship. And it can't be phony. This is not a, I want to be their best friend and in a right. couple minutes like a used car salesman. Uh, this has to be sincere. This has to really be the story. And I tell people, the phrase, fake it till you make it, just absolutely kills me because I, I can't stand that. And in, we're dealing with business professionals, even if you're dealing with frontline trades, if you're faking it until you make it, you're going to get found out and then you lose all your credibility. What you really should be doing is keep the conversation with what you know, you know, and, and don't talk about stuff that you don't know about. When I go in, I, I went in with one of my agents to a bankruptcy attorney. She wanted me to come with her on the first visit that she set up. And so the attorney and I got into a conversation about how we handle deals that are involved in bankruptcy. And when we walked out, the agent says, oh my gosh, I'll never be able to do this because you know so much about all this. And I, I, I just will never be able to learn these things. And I said, okay, let me tell you a secret. If there's this much that there is to know about bankruptcy, and I'm holding my hands about a foot apart, what I know about bankruptcy is about this much, and now my fingers are about half inch apart. But I kept the conversation right there within that yep. half inch. That's where I kept the conversation the whole time. So I didn't fake it until I make it because I don't know all this stuff about bankruptcy, but I know how it affects real estate. 
And if you know the profession that you're going to be dealing with, you know some of those individuals, you know how they operate, then keep your conversation within those areas that you understand to build the rapport. So true. I agree. You know, I I think some of us say it to a term more along the lines of, let's say I'm in a listing appointment and it's not the fake it till you make it, but like show confidence, the confidence, show, Mm -hmm. show that you are aggressive and you'll work the hardest. You'll be the hardest. You're not saying you've been doing it for 15 years, Mm -hmm. but I, yes, I have only been doing it for six months, but I am your own. You're my only client. I will work harder than anybody else will, you know, then. Right. So not so much facing, but but acting as if you've got your script, you got your elevator pitch. Funny you mentioned that too, because that's something else I talk about in the class. If we could talk about like the first six seconds of, of walking into a room. So I've got this part that I talk about, which again is all, all true. Everything's true in my, in my class, but I did a, a, a talk one time for a group of individuals that were between the ages of 31 and 45 years old that had never been married. And part of my talk was supposed to be about what do the, what does each sex look at, you know, with each other, each gender, what are they looking at and, and how do they, how, you know, what do you need to do to make yourself look more appealing or marketable or whatever you want to call it. And so I found a university study that showed that when a guy walks into a room, a woman will basically size up this guy and give him six seconds to determine whether or not they have any further interest in anything about him. I'm not talking about necessarily from a dating perspective, but just when they walk in, they give a guy six seconds. And in that six seconds, there are certain things that they sum up, things that they're looking at. Obviously, they're looking at things like grooming and they're looking at the way they carry themselves. The number one thing that they're really looking for in a guy is confidence. Does the guy appear confident walking into the room? Um, and then all the way down to things like uh, something that women have more of than anybody else on the planet has that guys don't think about so much, but women do, and that's shoes. Women love shoes, so they pay attention to guys' shoes. And believe it or not, if you're walking into a room, a woman is probably going to size up the shoes that you're wearing within those first six seconds along with your confidence. But Everyone's shoes look good. We don't even think about that. That's we a lot to look at and judge it in is. six seconds. It is a six <laughs> seconds. Well, and I had some of the guys were really that offended. several times, though. Well, from Kevin like, Craig, probably. From, <laughs> <laughs> no, from women too. About taking a look at guys' shoes, it just says a yeah. lot. Yeah, you know, you got holes in them. Eh, but you, you know, know what's worse? <laughs> what's what's scarier about this whole thing is on the flip side of this. You know, we think that well, that's really shallow of women if they're only giving us guys six seconds. You know, we give them three. We give a woman three seconds when when they walk into the room. <laughs> Byron, <to> the- <laughs> Byron. <laughs> that was good. I was going to say it's going to be faster. The number one thing that we look for at, in women is whether or not they appear to be approachable. That is the number one thing. If they appear to be not approachable, we immediately, within those three seconds, we basically shut shut them down, like disqualify them as, I'm not really interested in anything more about this person because they appear to be unapproachable. And then you can go on through some of the same type of things. But my point in the class is, when you're meeting with somebody that's a business professional, just like you said, and you, you walk in and it's the confidence thing, what you project when you walk into the room, walk into the office or whatever, where the appointment is, or even the first time you talk to the person at the party, you're basically being summed up, judged, whatever you want to call it within the first six seconds. And you need to be conscious about this and think about how you are projecting yourself. Because I know guys in the business, in, the, in real estate, that know everything, but have no business. And part of it is because they don't project any level of confidence. They know it, but they just don't look like they know it. 
that makes sense? Absolutely. Absolutely it does. We see it all the time. How do the numbers look like when you actually get into a conversation with somebody? The numbers? Yeah. Uh, which numbers? Well, I mean, just like you're saying, you're, you're making those judgments and not that you can get away from the judgments, you know, within three, mm -hmm. three seconds, six seconds. Oh, but, you mean like what percentage of the time are they accurate or not accurate? You know, or that yeah, kind of or thing? does it change, right? I mean, if you get you, into- You can. You, yeah. can. you can go back and you can redo a first impression, but it's hard. It's really hard. Uh, I talk about this when it comes to your elevator pitch. You want to get it right the first time because it's hard to go back and say, you know, I, I messed up. Let me let me try to explain to you again what I'm about. It's hard to redo talking your story. You get it right the first time and you make sure you've got it practiced and in your head or, or you mess up. Um, scripts. And I see a scripts as more of a, um, you know, we used to call them in my old, my old business, cue and response. If the customer says this, then you're already prepared to say that. So if they have this objection, then you say this. If they say this, you say this. So it's cue and response type stuff. I see that as scripts. I don't see scripts as really being able to sell yourself. That's more of the elevator pitch. I see it more of like a world. guideline too, to yeah. help you through the, the conversation. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, people you're need prepared to be prepared for certain things to right. be said. And folks out there, I want to implore them to think about these things, right? What is your elevator pitch? You know, what is your story, right? Yeah. And how do you appear to come off in the first if you're a man, six seconds. If you're a woman, the first three seconds. Mm -hmm. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll throw out this challenge too. You know, the next time you walk into a workshop Wednesday, look around you in the room, what you're doing anyways. You're, you're sizing up everybody else that's in the room. How many are walking in there looking like they are prepared to set up a professional relationship with somebody else? And how many look like they just got done working in their yard and decided to run into the office? I mean, there's a big difference there. there and you don't know, well, maybe I just came in super casual because I'm not planning on meeting with any clients. Well, what if you run into a loan officer? What if right. you run into a title person? What if you run into a couple of guys that own the brokerage? How do you want to project yourself then? So I challenge people to, to dress for success and not come in like, you know, they just got done washing the car. Now they're going to they're gonna run into the office for something. I like that too. Hey, let's stop there, guys. Hey, Kevin's coming back. Two more parts to this series. Next week. Next week, Monday and Tuesday. So tune in. And also, guys, if you have not scheduled those open houses, get out there and do it. There's so many opportunities right now. And when you're doing those open houses, door knock the surrounding 15 homes. There are sellers out there. They're just not moving or pulling the trigger. We know the inventory is low. Have the conversations. Make the connections. Have your elevator pitch ready. And Exactly. Have it ready to go. Your story ready. Yes. Talk story with everybody. Every I love that. Thank you, Kevin. Next week, see you guys. See you. Bye.